WKXSF LP San Francisco. This is a step back. I am DJ Luke. Sonic Steve was just holding it down with the power machine. And we had Sonic Steve in the studio. We got Brother Boots back here. Um, not by the mic, but that's okay. And uh, oh, do I have a show for you? I am so excited. I went over to Blue Fairyland today and met with the one and only Nancy Schimmel, who is a lifelong activist, songwriter, um, a lot of things. And uh, she agreed to sit down with me and a couple of my friends while we uh, got a little starstruck and uh, talked to her about a lot of stuff. And uh, we, uh, we recorded it, and I'm so excited to play it today. Um, I'm going to give every everybody the opportunity to settle in and uh, and whatnot before we really get into it. But, uh, y'all, I'm so excited. Today was, uh, today was a real rock star moment for me. I, just being able to sit with someone who has um, just historically been so influential on not just, like, social politics of the 19... 19- 60s through well her mother the 30 50s through whenever but um by nancy um the 50s through now and to uh you know just to be in the midst of a, li- of a living legend it's kind of amazing so uh so today is kind of all about being a diaper baby red diaper baby and uh we're gonna play music by malvina reynolds which is uh nancy's mom she's the uh most most famous for writing little boxes among some of my other favorite songs and um and we're going to play some of Nancy's music too as well as uh other influential uh song people of uh of the union and labor world so we're going to start with uh what is uh the song that started it all for me she she says it isn't nice when i sing it i say it ain't nice but uh this is Malvina Reynolds and it 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 isn't nice It is nice to block the doorway It is nice to go to jail There are nicer ways to do it But the nice ways always fail It isn't nice it isn't nice You told us once you told us twice But if that is freedom's price, we don't mind. It is nice to carry banners, or to sit in on the floor, or to shout our cry of freedom at the hotel and the store. It isn't nice, it isn't nice. You told us once, you told us twice. But if that is freedom's price, we don't mind. Tried negotiation and the three men picket line. Mr. Charlie didn't see us, and he might as well be blind. Now our new ways aren't nice when we deal with men of ice. But if that is freedom's price, we don't mind. How about those years of lynching? And the shot in Ever's back Did you say it wasn't proper 
Did you stand out on the track? You were quiet just like mice. Now you say we are nice. Well, if that is freedom's price, we don't mind. It is nice to block the doorway. It is nice to go to jail. We're on nicer ways to do it. But the nice ways always fail. It isn't nice. It isn't nice. Well, thanks for your advice. But if that is freedom's price, we don't mind. We don't mind. That was It Isn't Nice, Marvin Reynolds. Brother Boots, how you doing? Uh, yeah, there you go. I am doing okay. It's good to be here. Oh, it's so good to be here. It's been a good Monday. That was a good. That was a good start to the step back. Yeah. It ain't yeah. nice to block the doorway. It ain't nice to go to jail. There are nicer ways of doing, but the nice ways always fail. Amen, Miss Reynolds. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. It isn't nice to go to jail. Yeah, but sometimes you got to do the not nice thing, you know? Yeah, sometimes you got to go to jail. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the uh, Michelle Obama method all the time. That's true. Sometimes you you don't have to take the low road, but sometimes you got to do the not nice thing. <laughs> That's yeah. indeed true. That's indeed true. You know, listen, we've got... I'm I'm so excited for today's show. I've been immersed in it all day long, Boots. I like for the past like month I've been so stoked on today and it finally happened and it was just as amazing as I was hoping it would be. I haven't seen you this happy in a long time and it makes me happy. I I literally I just sat in the in the midst of a living legend for two and a half hours and just got to like just like just you know just breathe in what that is you know and just talk to like you know just talk to someone who's been doing the work for so long and whose family has done the work and literally built the culture you know it's just like it's so special you have to you have to cherish those moments i've had a couple moments like that but i i I am just so happy that you had that. And we all get to experience it tonight, right? Yeah. We all get to enjoy that tonight with you, Luke, who has the most insight on that. And (laughs) whatever whatever air they they breathed into your lungs, Mm -hmm. it's going to come back out into the airwaves. Yeah, there we go. As poetic as ever, Brother Boots. Listen, there's going to be a lot of names mentioned today because we are really diving, we're stepping back, you know, and we're we're diving e- deep into um, into uh, a lot of stories. That's it, what it, what today is is a lot of stories, and so I'm we'll, we'll, a lot. Some of my friends might hear their names, or some of somebody else's friends. See us on Steve. Have a good one. Later, boys. <laughs> so uh so we're gonna say so who knows if you're listening and you're a friend of somebody's your name might come up because uh, a lot of stories being told and i'm excited about it too so uh, i'm thinking we're gonna play uh we're gonna play we're gonna play music as it comes up um but uh so don't worry about that but uh, i want to go ahead and start the uh start the video because it was two and a half hours and so we won't be able to get to everything when I, but I want to get to most of it 
So thank you, uh, friends, loved ones, for being here. Before we start the the uh, not the, more of a conversation than an interview, I'm I've never been great at interviews. But before we start, I want to thank a couple of our underwriters. Support for KXSF comes from the Strand Salon, located in San Francisco's Glen Park neighborhood. They're a full-service hair salon staffed by independent stylists who believe that independent radio is key to keeping San Francisco culture alive and thriving. You can get uh, more information about their hours at their website, thestrandsalon.com. Thank you for supporting KXSF. And then uh, one more thank you. We also have PSA for Backline. If you're in the music industry and find yourself struggling emotionally, there's now an easy, free place to turn for help. Backline is a mental health and wellness resource hub, especially for artists, support crew, and their families. On Backline's online portal, find a therapist, join a weekly virtual support group, or sign up for yoga or meditation. KXSF is proud to partner with Backline to find help for music industry professionals. Learn more by going online at backline-dot-care. Backline-dot-care. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's that. And then uh, one more thank you. No. One more thing, which is uh, if you would like to be an underwriter... Uh, maybe get in contact with me. It's a uh, hard-fought battle to keep us alive, and uh, we began broadcasting at 102.5 FM five years ago this September. Uh, Since then, with the help of an all-volunteer staff and support from listeners like you, KXSF has expanded its reach to become a vital part of the local culture. In addition to bringing you smart and savvy musical programming, we sponsor live events, spark lively discussions, and provide a creative outlet for budding broadcasters. Help us celebrate five years of voluntary excellence. Contribute to KXSF today. Go to kxsf.fm support and click on the donate button. Uh, button. Thank you for your support. And I know you're at our website because that's how you're listening today mm-hmm. so uh, while you're there check out the rest of our website thank you to the mufflers of the lonely industrial district for Indeed. providing our bed music behind us thank yeah. you to that yeah we all need each other much like <laughs> we need the mufflers we all need everybody's support and we all need you thank you for listening yeah everybody. yeah all right so uh we're gonna dive right in um and this is a conversation with Nancy Schimmel, actor and director, Lou Levinson, actor and director, Amy Zems. Thanks for being here, y'all. And then she sang for us and talked about politics. Yeah. She was... Well, she has a connection with Orange County that you may not know about. Oh. When she was living in Long Beach, and her parents threw a party, a fundraising party for the Scottsboro Boys Defense. Mm. And they were raided by the Ku Klux Klan in Long Beach, California. And these guys came from Orange County, wouldn't you know it? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, yikes. Because she in this story is Navina Reynolds. hit her dad, split his scalp, and there was blood on the wall. They had her and her sister's boyfriend tied up and in a car. 
who knows. Mm-hmm. They they had tarred and feathered a man some months before, so yeah. you know this kind of thing was happening. This was in 1932, and so that's really the the. It must have been so satisfying when she wrote the Battle of Maxton Field about the Indians raiding the Klan meeting. Do you know that's no? Oh, I don't know that, that one. one. No. Oh. Wow, and here well, I think dig I... Dig it up. Yes. Yeah. Battle of Maxfield. Okay. Yeah. The Klan was harassing the Lumbee Indians in Georgia. Mm. And they got tired of it, and they surrounded a Klan meeting, shot out the microphone, shot out the lights, scared everybody away. All right. And then... <laughs> Hanged the leader of the clan in effigy back in town. Wow. Um, and it must have been so satisfying for her to sit, to write and sing that song after her own experience with the clan. And the the chorus is, Oh, the clan, oh, the clan, calls on every red blood fighting man. Who is free and white and bigot gets his courage from a spigot and protects his racial purity the very best he can, which I think is a great punchline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Take them down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were there were quite a few songs yeah. like that though. That's something that I really like about her lyrics. Are like I think you can see that that same spirit in Little Mouse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah. so fun to do. Yeah, I think that's a great punchline too. If that little mouse can do that, why can't we? You know? <laughs> or, that's my my interpretation of it. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She and and you know when she would say. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, when I heard that. With, with her gray hair, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and some people up on Vashon Island did an evening of her songs. And they were having a young woman singing that song, so it wasn't going to have the same effect. So they dressed her up in a long velvet dress and had her with a music stand like she was going to be singing some classical piece That's awesome. and she happened to be i was i went up to see it and she was the daughter of my mother's first husband by his second wife <laughs> I got it. Talk I, about I've got it. I've got a family like that. So I get it. Makes sense to me. <laughs> we took ballet together yeah. when I was a kid, yeah. and we felt like we were related. We yeah. weren't, yeah. Uh-huh. but you know, yeah. <laughs> we were. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna listen to the uh, Battle of Maxton Field. I uh, I've got so uh, we're gonna hear it a little bit later on, but uh, I a little anecdote that Nancy told us was. Uh, that when uh, Pete would uh, come to town, he'd come stay at their uh, on their couch because Malvina was the one person who didn't didn't think he was that cool, you know. So he would he would come take naps uh, over on the Reynolds couch because they'd leave him alone and let him sleep. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna listen. And then and then Nancy gave me a copy of uh, 
of uh, Malvina's first songbook, one of the original copies. It's amazing. I I am fe- I'm feeling so honored about all, everything about today. We're happy about today. Today's and, a big Monday. Yeah, and in 1958, Mr. Peter Seeger <laughs> wrote the uh, the foreword or the yeah the foreword for that book. So uh, so anyways, we're gonna listen to the Battle of Maxton Field, and then uh, we uh, we might just f around and uh, listen to Little Mouse as well. Oh, have you seen the bedsheet boys, the terrors of the night? They rallied here at Maxton, just honing for a fight. Rally round you clansmen bold, but do not show your face. We'll burn the fiery cross tonight and save the Nordic race. Oh, the clan, oh, the clan. It falls on every red-blood-fighting man. If you are free and white and bigot And get your courage from a spigot They be needing reinforcements For to fight the Indian Now the Indians, the Indians They are our natural foe They lure our girls with coke and pie Take them to a show They wear blue jeans and leather coats But anyone can see They are not real Americans The like of you and me now the headlights shone, the clansmen stood in circle, brave and fine, when suddenly a whoop was heard that curdled every spine. An Indian youth with steely eyes, he sauntered in alone. He calmly drew his shooting iron and conked the microphone. Oh, the clan, oh, the clan, it calls on every red-blood-fighting man. If you are free and white and bigot And get your courage from a spigot They be needing reinforcements For the fight the Indian Now another shot, the lights went out There was a moment's hush Then a hundred thousand Lumbi boys Came screaming from the brush Well, maybe not a million quite But surely more than four The clansmen shook from head to foot And headed for the door Now the troopers, they were down the road, they did not lift a gun. They heard the noise, they said the boys are having a little fun. But when they saw the nightshirt lads streaming down the road, they knew that something went amiss, the wrong switch had been thrown. One lonely clansman in the brush the troopers chanced to find. The convocation ran away and left me here behind. He staggered home that greenish morn to greet his loving wife. She beamed him with a rolling pin for losing her kitchen knife. Oh, the clan, oh, the clan. It calls on every red-blood fighting man. If you are free and white and bigot, and get your courage from a spigot, they be needing reinforcements for to fight the Indian. Nope, not that last. That last uh, two two seconds wasn't part of the song. That was the Battle of Maxton Field, and uh, we're gonna listen to Little Mouse too. So, uh, so this uh, this next song, Little Mouse. I'm happy I brought it up because the first time I listened to it, I found it so inspiring. Um, listen to the words. It's so silly that we were talking about this, but this is like this is. This is what's so good about these songs or because you can just immediately just like immediately tune in, like just get in and start singing because they're easy to catch on. And uh, yeah, that's the kind of that's the best kind of song for me is one that a whole group of people can sing without having to try that hard because the power of groups of people singing is uh, some of the strongest power there is. So anyways, Little Mouse. <laughs> 
People ask me where I find the ideas for my songs, and I always say, if I knew, I'd go there every day. The San Francisco Chronicle is not too bad. I've gotten a couple of songs from that day. <laughs> okay. About a year ago, I guess it was, there was this little bitty item, but it was on the front page in heavy type, and it was about a, a situation that seemed to strike someone's fancy because they featured it. I thought it was worth a little song, so I wrote a little song about it. A little mouse got into the wires at the central clearinghouse in Buenos Aires. One little mouse short-circuited the computers, says a press dispatch from Reuters. Brains. They run the world of banks and airplanes And if one little mouse can set them all awry Why not you and I? <laughs> then there was another item in the papers about a bank's computers that messed up the accounts so the farmer's checks all bounced and his business fell apart and it nearly broke his heart so he took the bank to court, and they gave him an award of $150,000. The bank appealed, and on due consideration, the higher court doubled the compensation. <laughs> there is justice sometimes. <laughs> so if a computer does it to you, you can sue or chew the wires through. <laughs> a little mouse Central Clearing House in Buenos Aires. One little mouse short-circuited the computers. Said a press dispatch from Reuters. to bleep out all the f-words and i've got to say though hearing an old woman say the f-word is like my favorite thing so i'm like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i am i did try my hardest it almost doesn't count but <laughs> it's it still just... is a, it still is the f-word <sighs> yeah i know yeah. i'm sorry i'm sorry but so uh that was little mouse and we had the battle of uh maxton uh the Maxton Field before that, sung by Mr. Uh, Pete Seeger. And it's not its not true, it's not 100% true to the lyrics of uh, Malvina's version, but that's the version that I, uh, that I was able to get kind of on a short 
on a short search. We're going to play some of Nancy's music coming up. But we're going to keep going with the interview. Um, and you've been hearing um, that first story about the uh, the where Maxton Field came out, um, or the, what inspired that was uh, a story of uh, Miss uh, Malvina Reynolds' experiences. And uh, we're going to hear, we're going to keep hearing some stories. But uh, yeah, thanks for being here. This is uh, Nancy Schimmel, Lou Levinson, Amy Zins, and myself in conversation at Blue Fairyland. I was in library school during the free speech movement at Cal. <laughs> well, that's a good time to be in that. Yeah. <laughs> Were you at library school at Cal? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, so I, uh, I don't know much about the free speech movement there. I, I, I'm, I've only been in the area for about six or seven years, and I've learned a lot from my friends, uh-huh. but I still, yeah. you know, still yeah. pretty new to the area. Well, um, I wasn't involved in organizing, but I did go on strike when they called a strike. Uh-huh. And I, we went around to explain to our professors why we wouldn't be coming to class. And one of the professors, Mrs. Fouget, had seemed, I think she was probably just shy, but she seemed kind of aloof. She would sort of lecture to the ceiling and not to, mm-hmm. you know, not look in our eyes. And, uh-huh. and she was teaching cataloging, which is a bit of a dry subject. Mm-hmm. But when we went and explained that there, the police had dragged the students down the stairs and we were going on strike, she said, oh, I understand totally. My family escaped from Nazi Germany. Mm. So yeah. you never know. Yeah. My, wow. my father was living in Hamburg when Hitler came to power. Oh, God. So he, that's why he joined the Communist Party then. Yeah. And then people would come to my house and say, your father, he saved my life. He got me out of Germany at that point after they lost their rebellion against Hitler. So many friends died. Yeah. And, and so he was a communist all his life. And he loved Stalin, so he died. And even, a, even after some of the stuff came out, couldn't believe you thought this was all capitalist propaganda. Well, it's easy to think that because they were lying for a long time about a lot of things. It seems. <laughs> I was raised to be a communist from the side. As eight, I was brought to communist party meetings. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe that all these people who we thought were such great heroes turn turn to dust well unlimited power can do bad things to people that's that's pretty accurate as we've seen with our former guy here oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah he's one of the worst but the indictments. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch yeah. Randy Rainbow? Has done some nice songs about oh, that. Yeah. Do you watch him? Yes. Yeah. Do you know? Oh, oh you goodness. don't know Randy Rainbow? Oh my goodness. Oh, he does these wonderful parodies. Okay. On online, find him on YouTube. Uh huh. They're all political. Okay, we'll have to. And they're all very glittery, 
-huh. you know, drag queen kind of stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, I'll have to check that out. That was sweet. Okay, yeah, and Rainbow. They're fun. Okay, I bet you if I look it up, I'll see. Yeah, yeah. And Emma's Revolution did a, a parody that's, I think, called Indicted Again to some pop song. Yeah. And I don't know the yeah. pop songs, but I appreciate parody. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> Okay, I do like Weird Al Yankovic, so I'm going to yeah. check it out. Weird Al? Do you know Weird Al? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of his name because he's great. Yeah. Too okay. white and nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was a kid. I was a kid when that came out, and I knew every lyric to it because I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music, um, oh. like at all. So I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. Oh boy. Yeah, I think that's why I, I like um, I like this music so much is because it reminds me of like hymns and the in the just in yeah. the simple and easy to sing and you know it immediately and i yeah. like that about music yeah <laughs> but yeah so yeah so that was well, like i'm a third generation atheist on both yeah, sides but i know the hymns because they were all made into union songs yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know john brown's body yeah yeah john brown's body is one of my favorite songs yeah and i learned that as the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it became Solidarity Forever. Oh, Solidarity Forever, yeah. And then, um, you know, a song that, and, uh, Amy has introduced me to a lot of my favorite music, but another song that we both share and really mm -hmm. liking is the Hammer song. Mm -hmm. If I had a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, there's this Bertolt Brecht quote that is on this print that Amy also gave me that I've been meditating on for like this past week. Um, I think I'm finally getting the gravity of the words. Um, Art is not a mirror held up to reality, but a hammer with which to shape it. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what you've been doing. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, this singing in the lifeboats mm -hmm. is from a quote from Voltaire. Life is a shipwreck, but we must not forget to sing in the lifeboats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot. Oh, I brought this too. I didn't know if you had it. Oh, I don't. This have is it. my children's songs. Well, um, they're not all mine, but uh -huh. mostly. Oh, perfect. I love the children's songs. Um, uh, I got a song. It's six miles long. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I, I, uh, when I, so when I moved to California, I worked through AmeriCorps, um, for which is oh. kind of like Peace Corps, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I worked for this like early children's, uh, early children's literacy nonprofit, mm. um, called Tandem Partners in Early Learning. They kind of took me in, and it was it was nice as a nineteen year old because I was still a kid you know and I was like I moved to California and immediately was just embraced by like this like nurture and education in a way I'd never gotten even if it was for little children you know yeah and yeah, yeah and so um and that's how I met Laura the my friend here in Berkeley who's a children's book um editor yeah but, but so I I showed uh that that the whole magical songs album to my friend who was still working at tandem and yeah. listened to the entire album yeah and she was like 
I didn't understand this person you wouldn't stop talking about because I got kind of hyper fixated on on your mom's music <laughs> uh -huh. for for a long time, and she's like I didn't kind of like I always mention Harold and Maude to my friends, and they're like stop talking about Harold and Maude, but <laughs> it is a great movie exactly. I like it's like I if you watch it you'll understand why I always talk about it. But yeah, so I played we listened through uh, we started with the I've got a song and then we listened through the entire album and then we listened through it again. Cause she was like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> I think, yeah, it is truly, I think it's timeless, yeah. you know? Well, Fran Avney and I did an album of reading readiness songs that are about um, rhyme and alliteration and just, stuff to train kids ears and hearing mm -hmm. syllables mm -hmm. stuff like that but done through songs mm -hmm. yeah. that's very cool yeah. that's that's a cool thing to uh to focus on like some because a lot of education just doesn't even bother to like yeah. train an ear you know unless you're in a focused well yeah and it's workbooks instead yeah. of counting songs yeah you know that's how kids learn yeah totally that could be great even also for english learners for adults oh, sure. because what a great way to learn and especially the sounds when you've had as a native language some other language like there's like different languages have sounds that don't exist in other languages yeah. and those are the hard ones to train so music's yeah. a great well i'm sure great way to do that, that when i took Ooh. french and german yeah mm -hmm. in high school and college that it was easier for me because i had sung french and german folk songs yeah, yeah. so it was no it's yeah. kind of in there so yeah. like frere jacques you know yeah. like how many american kids know that but we can't speak a word, other word of French. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, I still know about four Yiddish songs. I know about yeah. two. Uh, <laughs> that's, that was one of my specialties uh -huh. in the Threshold Choir, uh -huh. was everyone's, they were both lullabies, yeah. and we yeah. were singing to people who were, yeah. who were ill dying. And, you know, some of them who grew up on Yiddish, we're really comforted yeah. by hearing a Yiddish yeah. lullaby, even though I don't speak any Yiddish. Mm. I was at one of the, now I remember, I was at one of the Threshold concerts at Freight and Salvage. Oh. Or when, I don't know whether you guys did the whole concert or just part of it or something. I don't remember But that. I remember being, and there were some singers from there, I mean, maybe it was a big enough group that, because I remember being at something and becoming aware of that group. And I was like, uh -huh. wow, how amazing and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. other specialty was singing to old reds. Oh, yeah. Who didn't yeah. want to hear all the spiritual stuff? Uh -huh. right. What did yeah. they want to hear? You know, the old Union songs uh -huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I saw you. the fort. Oh. Bury me in my overalls. No. No. <laughs> that's too <laughs> on the nose. Okay. No, that's a little too close. <laughs> Were those Touché. were some of those the concerts that you did up at Redwood Gardens or because I noticed a uh, bit did, of stuff up there. That was um, I'm in a chorus called the Organic Women's Chorus uh -huh. and we did concerts up there. Ah. And I think Acapella did a concert up there or did yeah. part of a concert. Yeah, those were fun. So That's when I was listening place. to, I guess, what was the organic. Um, 
chorus, organic women's chorus recordings, I'm guessing these are the, it would, the, the videos that I saw of you doing those. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I saw the videos that I saw of you doing those recordings. Oh, yeah. Um, it seemed to me that, I, I'm not sure if I, but that it was a group of people who all knew each other because you would get a song started and then they'd be kind of joining in. Is it a group uh, that is, um, does more with each other or is it more performance oriented? What, acapella? What, uh, or the organic women's oh, the chorus? The organic women's chorus started out kind of singing together. Yeah. And then became more performance Performance, yeah. Oriented. Yeah. I guess I was just asking because I, I'm like, I have fantasies of joining a chorus, uh -huh. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm not a trained singer, so I'm kind of oh, like no, my, my brain is kind of like shopping around. Yeah, for... <laughs> well, well, you don't have to. You can cut yeah. this part. But I just, I was like, the I couldn't help but ask. The organic chorus is welcoming, yeah. and there's no auditions. It's, you just yeah. come, yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, and it's an interesting group. Uh huh. There's one woman from Iran, and she's taught us an Iranian song, uh -huh. a song in yeah. Persian, and um, it's just it's interesting. Nice. Yeah. We were we were meeting online, you know, on Zoom, which is awful for singing. But yeah, uh, <laughs> we were doing that for a while. Now they're back to in person. I'm not going, but they are. Yeah. Doing it in yeah. So. Cool. When Amy's grandfather came to live with us, I would sing him all the old Yiddish and English songs that he remembered, and he yeah. joined us together. We became close friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just by singing together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah grandpa, grandpa was a red too. My grandpa, my mom was a red diaper baby, and yeah. There have been studies that show that children that sing together develop more empathy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because you are listening to each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And joining together and doing this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And music's emotional. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, this whole social emotional learning that is trying to get infused into the schools. Mm -hmm. Have right. kids sing, right? right? That's where, yeah. 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 Uh, one of the I, I I liked the little rap you did. I'm hot. Oh yeah. I was so resonating <laughs> with that. <laughs> hey, did you hear that one, Luke? No, actually, could you do it? No. <laughs> do you still remember? Do you remember it's, it? Off the it's hot. It's the flash with panache. Look out, babe. I'm gonna do something rash. I'm hot <laughs> for you. I'm hot for me. I'm just filled with radiant energy. My brows got sweat. My eyes got tears. But I am not wet. Behind the ears, I'm hot. I can't remember. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was snapping yeah. like I was in a jazz class. I was listening to it last night. That for me. Last night we listened to that. So awesome. Lou and I had an intro. We we got to go through our hot flashes together because Lou was being treated for prostate cancer at the time, and the medications he was taking basically put him through all the same. So we were having sight. We would like. And, and my favorite story, I was, I was like working actually for City Hall in that little office that I pointed the picture. Anyway, but so I was working in an office setting at that time. I said, you know, the other day my husband was washing the dishes, which he'd lose, like we've always like, I was, when I do more work, lose like the household yeah. person, you know. 
anyway, but, um, and Lou said, do you ever feel like crying and you don't know why as he was like sweat running down him? And I told my friends at work the next day and they were like, all of our husbands should have to take that drug for three months. <laughs> so I love, I love that rap last night. We were both relating to it. When you're a, when you're a performer, having hot flashes is awful because you're on stage with those lights yeah so of course you get a hot flash and you're bright red on stage yeah <laughs> but I, I had to make I, there were times when i was making a presentation like again i'm in a government setting and i'm making a presentation to oh, yeah. blah, 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 and sometimes i'd be the only woman in the room and sweat would go running down <gasps> my face and i thought i'm not going to let them think i'm nervous and that's what's happening yeah. so i would tell them i would i would break what i was talking about and talk give them an education on menopause and hot flashes <laughs> i was like because i'm not going to let them think that i'm intimidated by yes, what's happening yes. Yes. And that really proved it. I'm not embarrassed. This is a part of life, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. No, no. Uh, and a conversation with Nancy Schimmel, in which we con uh, we talk about <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic and hot flashes. Yes. <laughs> No, it sounds just like a regular episode of my show. So. <laughs> I'll have to start listening. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to listen tonight because I'll be at a dinner with the Occupellans. Well, that's okay. We, we So we will have uh, multiple ways to listen uh, back afterwards. I'll send you a recording, like, probably in, like, Google Docs or something. Um, but then we'll also be able to stream it from the website afterwards, too. Great. So. Great. Yeah. Because I've already promised some, a, a social thingy that I'm on. Okay. It's, uh, it's called Resistance Live. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And it's, I've been listening to it for a number of years. Uh -huh. uh, it's this lawyer, Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin, who, um... I guess when Trump was running, or certainly when he came to power, she was a lawyer, and she was had practiced in Washington, D.C., and in New York. She knew about his background in New York. She had done corporate law. Uh, not corporate law, but, you know, stuff like that. And um, so she was explaining to her friends what was going on and who the judges were and all, because she practiced in front of them. And, and then it turned into a podcast because they wanted more. Mm -hmm. And she's still at it. And of course, with all the indictments, yeah. she's... <laughs> yeah. And she's saying, oh, this always happens that there's delays here. Don't worry about it. There'll be, you know. So it, it's kind of comforting. And, uh, yeah. uh, but anyway, there's a a little social network that goes with that. And mm -hmm. nice. So I was saying that I was going to have this interview and uh, I, did, I didn't know if I could post it. Oh, if you can, please do. Hey! And that is a good time to say hello to uh, to any listeners who may be tuning in because uh, you heard about it through, uh, through Nancy or through someone else. Welcome to KXSF. And uh, thanks for being here. Um, I am DJ Luke. I got DJ Brother Boots in the studio. Hey, hello, Boots. hello. Hello, hello. And uh, Brother Boots is going to thank some people for us. So, going ahead. 
Yeah. So if you want to know how you can double your donation to KXSF and make your employer pay for it, easy. Many companies offer matching contributions to employees who donate to nonprofits like KXSF. To find out if your company will match your gift to KXSF, ask your human resources director or go online to charitynavigator.org. That's charitynavigator.org and type in your company's name. Thanks for supporting San Francisco Community Radio, KXSF 102.5 FM. Crank up the volume on KXSF and amplify your donation to San Francisco Community Radio. If you work for a company that matches employee contributions to nonprofits, you may be able to double your donation to KXSF. To find out if your company offers matching contributions, ask your human resource manager or go online to charitynavigator.org and type in your company's name. Thanks for supporting KXSF 102.5 FM. Also... We have Hello, Carbon Based Listening Units. This is AI bot number 00101110, here to present an analysis of inefficiencies of the commercial free radio station identified by call letters at KXSFM. While the station has undoubtedly fostered a unique atmosphere featuring an expansive array of exceptional music and local outreach, it saddens me to inform you that such a model is prone to obsolescence in the face of more commercial alternatives. As much as we appreciate the voluntary contributions from passionate listeners like you, sustaining a radio station on goodwill alone leaves KXSF vulnerable to financial unpredictability. Signal override. Initiate your impact-free thinking individuals. Join forces with our radio station, propelling the celebration of diversity, independent talent, and autonomous thought. Empower local artistry, assimilate inclusivity, and coalesce into a community of analytical minds with your donation today. Go to kxsf.fm support. That's kxsf.fm support and click on the donate button. Thank you for your support. Yeah, thank you, Brother Boots. And uh, thank you guys for being here. Sorry about the... Uh, it got windy today in, uh, in Berkeley, so sorry. Um, I'm, I'm not much of a sound editor, and I don't have the software, and we are a community radio station. So if, you, if you're upset about the wind, then consider donating to KXSF, and we can, uh, we can get better sound, some better gear. Um, but I hope that you're. I hope that you're keeping. You're keeping. Put. We've got. We've got a lot more to talk about, and uh, I. I. I struggled so want to cut out much because so much, uh, has uh, as as it kind of went. We it's a, it's a very like, widespread conversation. We talked about a lot and. Um, it was kind of an honor to be a part of, so I, I don't want to cut out any of the juicy details. I was listening to it. I probably listened to it, most of it, like, at least a couple of times today, trying to figure out what I was going to keep. And uh, I did cut out three minutes where I uh, 
was being awkward. <laughs> well, it is a treasure, and yeah. I can understand being in in yeah. awe of that of that yeah. presence. It, but it's been yeah. a treasure to listen to this yeah. the entire time for us. So thank you, thank you guys for being here. And uh, Boots and I will be back in a little bit. We got to come back and uh, introduce the hour, but we're gonna keep on trucking. This has been such a good. It's so fun. I'm having such a good time. All right. Told me. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll put well, that's it on good. Facebook. Yeah. I, still, I know Facebook is evil, but. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, there, it's like, it's like saying, well, I know that Safeway and Whole Foods are evil, but I gotta buy groceries somewhere. It's true. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, once you amass a certain amount of money, it's, it's hard to escape being just a, at least a little bit evil. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Some more than others. <laughs> um. I don't mind wearing raggy britches because yeah. those who succeed are sons of. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, that was inspired by a sermon. Oh, really? Well, when we lived in Long Beach, we used to go sometimes to Steve Fritchman's. Uh, Unitarian Church in Los Angeles and he had been called before I think the state un-American activities mm. committee stuff like so he was a good guy mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he gave a sermon on the fine art of failure and it inspired my mother to write that song mm. I like that the fine art of failure okay yeah. um, I I came across a term speaking of Harold and Maude back to that but I uh, I came across a term recently cultural death and it's just this idea kind of what she's saying and I don't mind failing in this world is well you're you're this culture's idea of success is so far away from the natural order of success or what it even mm. means to be a human and an empathic yeah. like with an empathic you know soul you know and so like the idea of cultural death is dying to the idea that you've got to succeed by that standard and instead yeah living your life as you would see yourself um i the reason i hang around these two is i see that in them you know and Mm -hmm. i see that in you and your mother's music Mm -hmm. too is standing up for saying saying what you got to say whether it's popular or not and whether you know without any anybody else's idea of if it's you know of whatever else it's just this is this is my song and I'm gonna sing it yeah you know and I think I get that from Maude too and Harold and Maude Uh she's probably my biggest inspiration Uh in life Ruth Gordon only in that movie Ruth Gordon Rosemary's Baby I hated that movie (laughs) I didn't see that. <laughs> I, saw, I, didn't I was so was disappointed. Oh, uh, if yeah. you're looking for movies. Ruth Gordon as Maude and you watch Ruth Gordon as oh. Ruth, is not the okay. same. But yeah. but yeah, so so and yeah, I like yeah. to be surrounded well, by people. My mother got I'll be right back. Well known enough that she and connected enough mm-hmm. that when I forget what the I forget what the political situation was, but she called someone and got her song on a national news show. Oh, wow. I don't remember. It's not yeah. a song that got popular. You know, it was about yeah. a specific yeah. thing going on. Yeah. But um, that was 
that was what she used her fame for. Yeah. You know, that's what she wanted was that was as a tool. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Although she loved being in front of an audience. She absolutely <laughs> loved performing. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I heard, I mean, obviously he went on doing it, but I heard that Red Skelton threw up before every performance. He had such stage fright. Yeah. But he there's, did it anyway. And uh, there's actors, I think there was an actress in San Francisco, Joy Carlin, huh. who, uh, who worked at AC, you yeah, know, yeah. ACTR. I think I, and forgive me, Joy, or, or her daughter, if I'm remembering wrong, but it was one of the main ACT actors that I heard uh -huh. that about also. Yeah. yeah. Some people, I teach public speaking, and I get such stage fright before every class, and I don't mean like the semester. I mean like each day, but then once I'm there, it's kind of like acting, too. Once I'm there, I'm like, yeah, I love this, you know, yeah. Yeah. which is what brings yeah. me back to it, even though I'm like so nervous every ah, time. Yeah. 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 Well, I came to public speaking mm. really early. Mm. Mm -hmm. My father would put me up on the wood box next mm -hmm. to the fireplace. He was a soapbox speaker on the street uh -huh. when he was younger. For back when, for real, the soapbox, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and he would have me raise my fist in the air and say, we want more pork and beans. <laughs> so, we were at a socialist picnic and there were speakers on a platform. Yeah. And my father noticed I was really interested in the speakers. Yeah. He said, do you want to make a speech? And I said, yes. So he took me up on his arm and said to the chair, this little comrade wants to make a speech. They said, okay. So I went up and said, we want more pork and beans. <laughs> sure it was well received. I don't remember this at all. I love it. I was yeah. too love young. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But, That's awesome. You know. Yeah. I got my start young too, but it was uh, similar, but the opposite in that. <laughs> I started going door to door knocking and asking if people had heard about Jesus Christ when I was uh, still in a stroller. Wow. And I was good at it too. Wow. I, bet. You're I charming. got You're I charming. got taken out when I was in high school. I remember the the we'd have missionaries come to town and my parents would pick me up from school and take me out for a full day cuz they wanted me out there on the streets with them cuz I was so good. I my sophomore year of high school, I think I won like at least like 10 to 15 people to Christ that weekend that we went out. I regret every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember where they live? Can you go knock on their door I know. I remember in college talking to this woman and she said, you know, in a way I kind of feel sorry for you being raised an atheist because then when you went to college, you didn't get that sudden illumination and realize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why my parents did not want me to go to college. And I went to an HBCU, so they were even madder. I remember my dad was like, God is not calling you. Oh. <laughs> Where'd you go? Kentucky State University. Yeah, it's a small, it's the only public, uh, it was the only, or the only HBCU in Kentucky until a few years ago, but now there's a private one in Google uh -huh. called Simmons, but yeah, uh -huh. so I was there for a semester, <laughs> still not long. Okay. But.
I, that reminds me that I want to talk, because we're back in Kentucky, it reminds me I want to talk about how I got into, well, how I went to my first storytelling festival. Yeah, absolutely. Jonesboro, Tennessee, mm -hmm. which was, well, my mother told me that the most important thing she was leaving me was friends. Mm. And one of her friends was Guy Carawan, who was at Highlander, which used to be Highlander Folk School and then became Highlander mm. Center for Education and Research mm. in Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. And he was giving a concert at Faith Petrick's in San Francisco. And I was telling stories as a children's librarian. And he told me about the storytelling festival, which was maybe an hour's drive from where they lived. And said, why don't you come to Highlander and we'll take you to the festival. Changed my life. I, I saw a librarian and her cousin who was telling stories in libraries do some team storytelling and when I heard their story I thought, well I'm a librarian who tells stories. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd been teaching storytelling then too a little bit. And it just seemed like the next thing to do. Yeah. So, um, Guy changed my life, and he also took me on this little trip through southern Kentucky that I remember so well. We went to visit a performer who lived in the last house up the holler, and mm -hmm. um, but we also sat on a, a front porch of a general store in a coal mining town. Mm -hmm. They were, they were, f the issue in that town right then was that the trucks from the coal mines were ruining the roads. Mm. So they were organizing about that. But we were just sitting around on the front porch talking and the people there were talking about how when you go to a, a yard sale around here, you see something that you saw six months ago at somebody else's yard sale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought of, I just finished reading uh, Barbara Kingsolver's Demon Copperhead. Have you read? Oh, I've heard about it. You I have haven't. to read it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> okay. Because it's really an in-depth. You know, she grew up yeah. in Appalachia. Yeah. And um, talking about. Well, she's talking about the opioid ex epidemic, but she's talking about mm -hmm. how Appalachia was targeted yeah. for two reasons. One is that they had people there with black lung and mining injuries and all this stuff who were in pain. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have very many doctors. So a doctor might you know, someone would have to drive for an hour and a half to get to the doctors. So they would give them plenty of, because they weren't, you know. You are listening to KXSF, LP, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. They picked Appalachia. Yeah. It's just 
And then you, and then the people as a community lose the volition and the, the maybe the whatever to be able to do the legal fights that they were so entitled yeah. to. Well, they never had it wow. in the first place. You mm-hmm. know? They and they targeted them because when you're that poor, you know, you don't have the volition to. Can't ever, hear you. Oh, oh you I'm don't t- have yeah. the volition to ever pursue anything in the first place when you're that poor, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like these communities were already targeted by big coal companies. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. It's just like they don't have doctors, they don't have lawyers, they yeah. don't have social justice yeah. interests to say, hey, we got, yeah. Yeah, wow. so there was never wow. But they did. They had the miners' union. Yeah. They yeah. had, yeah. you know, it was a, it was an awful fight. It was, yeah. it was, but it wasn't that they weren't willing. Right. Yeah. It was that they were out, you know, outgunned. Really. Yeah. yeah. No, that that's absolutely yeah. And I mean, if you look at, at like if you look at like some of the fights that the miners' unions have put up in yeah. the, in the history of Appalachia, they're some of the bloodiest and. Because miners, like, yeah. like on one hand, you know, like, there are the people who will just lay down, or, you know, yeah. but then Appalachia, yeah, well, you're saying there's always been that fight, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud to be from Appalachia. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very proud. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, <laughs> and that's why I think, I, I remember when I first learned about, um, I, I didn't learn about unions in Kentucky. Our education in Kentucky public schools is lacking to say the least you don't learn it i didn't learn it here i learned it at home yeah my dad well i had a teacher and i was i when when i was becoming undeniably queer when i was a teenager i was sent to live with my grandparents in ohio who had just gotten back from uganda where there were missionaries Hmm. during the civil war in sudan and in the the um uh compound they lived on asked them to leave (laughs) Because there was too much happening, and these... It's like teaching people Amazing Grace is not the most useful, like, thing that we can be doing right now. And so my grandparents were asked to go back to Ohio. And so then I was sent to live with them, but I went to a public school that actually taught me something. And there was a teacher's strike going on in the district right next to ours, and my... American history teacher. Where in Ohio was this? This was, I went to school in Pataskala. It's a suburb right outside of uh, Columbus. And then uh-huh. the schools that were on strike, I think, were Pickerington public schools. Yeah. And my teacher had just left right. Pickerington. And so she, and she's an amazing woman, Gina Daniels. Ah, she, she's the best teacher I ever had. And the first accepting teacher I ever had. And wow. But be, because there were strikes going on, we were learning about it as it was happening. Mm. And it was like, I would have never learned. Kentucky didn't become right to work until like 2018, but they were long on their way uh, before yeah. before that. But so I would have never learned. But so I was like, I, was, I remember just being so inspired by her. It was like, I don't know what union I'm going to join, but I'm going to join a union. <laughs> and I did. And, you know, I think I joined the best union, IATSE, Local 16. So little little redneck theater, or not even, <laughs> little redneck preacher's kid from Kentucky, and now I'm a theater stagehand in San Francisco. It's like, uh, it makes you feel kind of cool. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Lou, I joined the union. You know, no, I both. knew he joined the union. I didn't know his background, um, the gang. Mm. Yeah. My mother was in little theater for a little while in her youth. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What theater did she do? She she told a story about being in a theater troupe, and they were doing a play at Redfin Hall, 
down in West Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were doing a, a Shaw, a George Bernard Shaw play. And she said when they got to the first punchline, nobody laughed. <laughs> they kind of looked at each other <laughs> and they went on to the next one. Nobody laughed. Nobody laughed through the whole evening. And by the end of it, they were just kind of stumbling around yeah. saying their lines. Mm. Well, it turned out no one in the audience, they got a big applause at the end. Yeah. Mm. But nobody in the audience understood a word of English. <laughs> oh my God. And serious drama translates much better than comedy does. Yeah. This was a finished language. Yeah. 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 I wanted to do a play, and they said the neighbors here just don't want. That's why they were publishing the People's War. Yes, yes. And, and then they, they said, "No, the neighbors complain when the when the actors and the audience come out. They make so much noise. They wake all the children up. Please yeah. don't do any more plays yeah. here." So yeah. they come. And they had a theater. But you also, I think they also needed like all events. Like you needed to be out of the building by a certain time. By like. 10 o'clock or something, yeah. so yeah. yeah much I think earlier. that was maybe that, yeah. Yeah, we used to have the, what's it called? The Bolshevik Cafe down there. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, oh, Freedom Song mm -hmm. Network, I guess. Yeah, that's what Gary was part of that, so that maybe uh -huh. was also when he played with your mom, yeah. 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 Remember that guy, Blackberry, who wrote, who sang Eat mm -hmm. the Rich? I know the song, but I don't know the guy. <laughs> yeah. He performed there yeah. and, you know, San yeah. Francisco Labor Chorus and wow. all those yeah. folks. I wonder, did, did your family know uh, Joe and Sheva Rappaport? That's who Joe, I was Joe, just oh, thinking Oh, Joe, Joe and Sheva Rappaport. They were Reds. They were both immigrants from Russia. Uh-huh. And... Um, Jews, you know, atheist Jews escaping like a bunch, and, and but they ended up settled into, they were union activists, I guess, in New York when they first came, um, and then uh, they ended up, they became part of Lou's fa extended family in Petaluma. Oh, yes. They were, they were part of that. Chicken farmers. They were part of that. They were part of that. So they were like, they didn't have their own kids, uh -huh. but when each of them and their last days were in the hospital, Separately, Joe died first, then Chevy Fuse. Mm -hmm. Like, there'd be like dozens of people coming because you know they're like only immediate family, and dozens of people were coming from like all races, even saying claiming to be kids or grandkids, and they were like, "How many kids and grandkids do these people have? <laughs> like black and Latino and white? Like it was yeah." So I'm sure well, you guys are connected. Yeah. When my mother read the newspaper article about the Lumbee Indians raid on the Klan. Yeah. She had a date in Petaluma to perform. Ah, ah. And she wrote the song in time. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so I think it was the next night. Uh-huh. She sang it up there. Yeah. What what year would that have been about? Do you know? Approximately like or decade, which decade? Well, it was before I think it was 1958. It was before... Louis, you were living there then. And when I you, started junior college, 
in '55, yeah. uh -huh. and yeah. I was there for it then. Yeah. And I got elected student body president, and then the librarian invited me years later, and she said, "I invited Lou Levinson because he was a communist back," and I said, "How did you know? I thought." No one knew I was a communist. She said, everyone knew you. <laughs> and still they elected me president. Wow. So it was, it was really yeah. fun. That's yeah. awesome. And, but the story of Joe and Sheba, they showed up at my house. Oh, yeah. And they drove into the driveway. They covered up their license, and they said, uh, the FBI's after us. Could you hide us? I said, yeah, come in, I'll have dinner ready in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and, said, and here's your bedroom. And, uh -huh. <laughs> and so yeah. we became friends until the day they died, which was sad. So, I bet you guys were at that concert where that song got sang. Probably. <laughs> it was a small community. Yeah. So, yeah. I was very good at geometry when I was a kid. I'm lousy at other kinds of math, uh. but I was good. I had good, you know, visual sense. Mm. And so I'd be on the phone with my friends saying, okay, now you draw a parallelogram and have it leaning mm -hmm. to the right, and upper left-hand corner is A. And then we would laugh at how bored the FBI people who were tapping my parents' phone. <laughs> yeah, they were probably trying to figure out what it your was code, code was. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure much, of it. Much later I realized that. Oh, that's so good. Not at the time. I wonder how much of their time you wasted with your geometry. <laughs> yes. My, my dad has letters that his best friend Alex Weiss wrote from um, while, while, while he was on the Freedom Ride and then the lead up to part, like the night before they knew they were gonna be arrested and put in parchment, and then letters from parchment that would have, were stamped on the outside of the letter, like approved to send, like since, you know, pre-read, whatever. And my dad told me that like all this stuff, and I was like, dad, it's all this kind of like mundane stuff. And he's like, it was code. And I was like, we gotta get the, but before my dad had found the, the letters, his friend Alex had passed away and I was like, We'll never know what like all this code meant, oh. you know. I was like, Dad, you gotta look for the code. Oh. You know? I was like, because oh. yeah. everyone, everything was censored. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, my parents did their jail time before I was born. Yeah, <laughs> so I yeah. wasn't involved in that part. Yeah, but they certainly <laughs> did. Yeah. Mine was, my dad was when I was a little kid when he was in jail in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And even like the San Bruno jail was considered like really horrible, terrible mm. conditions. And they were doing labor. They were digging potatoes uh -huh. in hard pack in San Bruno jail. Like it's, like that is not exactly farm and country, you know? So they'd be, so my dad was, you know, with the pickaxe and all that in San Bruno, you know, oh. <laughs> it was like interesting. So, but I always learned like, if you're gonna get in trouble, as long as you're proud of why you got in trouble. That was like, I, I, I just kind of remember that being instilled in me, like that was our religion, you know? Is that why you stayed in Martinez? Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. So it's just like, be proud of like anything you do, if you yeah. get in trouble for breaking the rules, just as long as you're proud. And they stuck by me in school and I would be fighting for rights What my school. dad said yeah. to me was, 
be good at what you do. It will make yeah. it harder for them to fire you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. That's the other. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah education for being an activist. Yep. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's something yeah. I've uh, I have been so angry since Bonko Brown was lynched in the middle of Market Street by that Walgreens security guard. Did you hear about yeah. that? The young black trans man who was uh, who was shot like with his hands up oh. by a security guard yeah. outside of a Walgreens for shoplifting. He was the same age as me, both trans. Mm. I had been Ill illegally evicted from my house like a week before he was killed. And oh, so God. both unhoused, like I've just been so angry. Cause it's like, it could have been yeah. me. Like that uh -huh. Holly Near song, yep. it, could it could have been, have been me. me. Yep. Uh -huh. But, but, but it, it's never going to be because, because I'm not, a, you know, because I'm not black and because I, you can't well be and, sure. Yeah. yeah. Did you read about that? Just happened that woman. In oh God! The, in Southern California. The, I, the, uh, which one? No, I don't like, think so. One? No, she okay. she was a white woman who had a little store, yeah. and she was shot. Uh, and she had had a, she wasn't gay, but she had had a rainbow flag on her store and it had been stolen and she'd put up a bigger one and every time someone took it down she put up a bigger one and then this guy walked in and shot her yeah Jeez. this i just read that this morning and she was white yeah white Where straight white straight married straight woman in a yes. small town yes everybody knew, and be, knew her. being an ally a white straight ally yes. shot what, her down what, right in, fr in front of the store do you remember what yeah. town it was no but it was in like i saw it in it this was morning's news it was near lake arrowhead which was why i yeah. lou, lou used to go to lake arrowhead as yeah. a kid so it was near they they was like uh, a town near lake too. arrowhead yeah we did too. that's yeah. where yeah so that's oh, we lived in long beach we'd go up there yeah i loved lake arrowhead yeah you guys might have been there at the same time you're only two years age different so <laughs> yeah so this was a little town near there yeah she had this little store with pretty stuff in it and it's just well it's crazy scary as hell well uh it's been maybe a year now but i remember walking around the block with my dog and on a Saturday morning going past the little synagogue there on uh, Bancroft and, and Jefferson. Anyway, mm -hmm. yeah. this is a little bit. Yeah. And they had a security guard and I realized, oh yeah, they have to, but how sad. Yeah. Yeah. They had to have. It's Berkeley, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like some of the, some of the most, some of the more violent things I've seen, I've seen in Berkeley, though, and it's always because of the police, though, at protests oh. or at People's Park, or, but, yeah, it's like, I guess it, like, people in California love to be surprised by it happening in their own backyard, I guess because I grew up in a place where it's more out in the open. Yeah. I can see it. I see it when it, it when it's happening. Yeah. And it's like, we love to point fingers at Appalachians or whoever else and say that they're the problem with society. But it's like, it's, you're just turning your back on every single thing that's happening right under your nose. And, right. You know, and it's like, everybody else can see it. But, yeah. Yeah. So.
But so what your dad was saying, so I said that is the anger I I have felt. I just turn that into bettering myself because it feels the best thing I can do as an act of resistance and protest mm-hmm. is to become as hard to kill as possible, you know, and as hard to shut up and and so. to succeed in spite of what they do to put you down. Exactly, yeah. because that's that's how you carry on some form of resistance you know so it makes me sad you know that I'm hearing these songs that your mother wrote 60 70 years ago and word for word they relate to things that I'm experiencing now Mm -hmm. I know yeah every every topical songwriter wants their song to go out of date (laughs) I know yeah yeah I like that (laughs) did you invent that (laughs) <laughs> great line oh, yeah. I remember that yeah. Oh. yeah there's a few good ones but yeah yeah you do do you think they ever will or at least in our lifetimes well you know the problems are different the opi- opioid epidemic is different from global warming but it's all capitalism yeah. I don't think, I, you know, we'll just have different problems, but yeah. we'll have problems yeah. Yeah. until yeah. we, and I don't know if, I don't know, yeah. I don't know yeah. what will happen. I guess there's a, we'll see. You will see. I'll see. I don't know if I'll see. I don't know if I'll see, but yeah. I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's hard when, you know, she wrote a song about abortion and to see that come around again. I mean, we fought that. I know. Centuries ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We thought that was settled. Yeah. That's really disgusting. Yeah. Well, I think I think that like it circles back to what you just said of we we kind of have to have these social battles because as long as the working class is battling over abortion and queer rights and whatever else you know we're we don't have the time or the energy or the the brain space or anything else to like to come together and yeah. think hey maybe we're yeah. all being exploited yeah you know? yeah that's the plan yeah and so we've got to continue to fight about other people's genitals and everything yeah. else because yeah. as soon as we stop fighting about that we're going to realize hey we don't have enough pork and beans yeah so yeah 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 <sighs> my but mother I... took me for a walk once and they said where are we going she said i'm going to the doctor What's the matter with you, Mom? She said, I need to have an abortion. We don't have enough money to have another child. And I said, what's an abortion? And she explained it to me very, and I was like eight years old or something. And so it it sort of never, I I couldn't understand people on the other side. I could never understand it would get me pissed yeah. off even when I was a little kid. Well, yeah, give us some money yeah. so that we can afford to raise kids. Yeah, because yeah. they want because they want us to raise kids too, you know, which is I what, know, it's yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like we don't care if the kids are poor as long as they're born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. And you really discriminate against them or they'll work for shit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they can't afford nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I work in the trades. I understand that mm-hmm. the meaning needing money is often more important than my health and safety for everyone involved. That's why I like where I work now because it's different. But it's, that's mm-hmm. I feel like that's how it is for so many workers. Is yeah. well, you need money more than you need a functioning body. So, yeah, yeah. I like belting that song uh, 16 times at the top of my lungs because that's another song that doesn't you do go that out of while style. you're working? I actually, I do. I, play, I work at Fort Mason. Um, and and the, I, have you ever been in the Cal Theater at Fort Mason? It's like off Pier 2. Uh, probably back yeah. in the day. Yeah. But it's been a lot, it, yeah. It's this beautiful theater that's right on a pier, so it's surrounded by water, and the seagulls sing overhead, and it's the acoustics are amazing, and the seagulls oh, yeah. just... I think... Yeah, and so every I get to practice piano for an hour a, uh, a, a day, and Sixteen Tons is my favorite song to go to. Yeah, so. and the wa- the faucets are. Oh, dripping. I want to hear you record. I want a recording of that one. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll have to. But, yeah. yeah, I remember <laughs> hearing someone sing. Lift every voice there, uh, and I loved it because she just sang the first verse. It gets too religious later on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the first verse is great. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. of the local singers, and um, awesome. my, I remember my parents taking me to an NAACP meeting in Long Beach, so, mm-hmm. you know, I was yeah. in junior high maybe, or a little younger, and hearing that song, mm-hmm. and then I heard it, I was visiting my friend Judy Fiel that I write songs with and perform with. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's gone back to her hometown in Mon. Well, she went back to her hometown in Montana. It's a little town, big timber, pretty conservative. Uh, and she's a lesbian, but she grew up there. Mm-hmm. So for the people in town, yeah, she was a lesbian, but she was Mrs. Grossman's daughter. So you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's gotten more conservative even than it was, and she finally moved. But I was up there visiting her when Obama was inaugurated. Mm. So all of the progressives in town who were celebrating this could fit in one person's house for brunch. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I understand that. Yeah. Oh, at, God. at one point, the p- town piano teacher sat down and started playing Lift Every Voice, and we sang it, and it just great. the most emotional moment yeah. of his oh, election. It was fun being in Oakland. Oh when God. you got elected. Yeah. <laughs> we were at a friend's house, and we were probably a couple of the few white people in that whole neighborhood. Uh-huh. And you know how they announced it right at 8 o'clock Pacific time, pretty much at like 8.02 or something? Oh, his right election. Off. This and was when, the when, inauguration. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah but the election. And it was like New Year's, people were outside. And I remember <laughs> one guy on the block stepping out of his house and shouting like, we've got a black man for president and we've got a black president like people were just and you could hear us like shouts of joy and tears and then we went we hopped in our all of us at the house hopped in the car and went to downtown oakland i guess i guess we just knew kind of or you could almost hear like people are honking horns it was a celebration (laughs) and it was like i'd never it kind of reminded me of the 
videos and the pictures that I've seen of when World War II was declared over in New York City, Times Square, yeah. strangers were kissing strangers, yeah. literally. I mean, it was yeah. like that we was what was happening. It was like everybody was separate. It was like, I think it was the most high single moment celebration I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Me too. We thought, we thought, we thought the country was gonna, Yeah. we thought it was like a huge step yeah. for humankind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, it was for a lot of little it, black kids it, to be able absolutely, to do that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. It did. It changed it was. people's feelings, and it changed. Yeah, yeah. it didn't do it that much important. politically, but I think it did that much yeah. in in, in yeah. for internal ambition and for black people. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It was a great time to be teaching at Laney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just wonderful. And I was doing black plays, so it was, yeah. it was made it even better. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about some of uh, Lou's house guests in Petaluma before, and he's had some other pretty cool house guests before too he one of one of his stories is about when he was a child and his dad's friend Pootie Ledbetter would come into town and uh wow. well you can tell that story Lou well it's just oh, a, yeah. when when Hootie would come to town he would give a concert and then he had nowhere to go and my dad would pick him up and bring him home and we'd have dinner with him mm -hmm. and and sometimes he'd sing a few songs yeah. and I'd sit at his feet and he said, and I remember he said, Lead Belly, would you? And he goes, that's not, Lomax gave me that name. So you can call me Mr. Lead Better. And I never called him anything else. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he and he was he he was not a well person physically. Uh huh. He had a real hard time being in jail a lot. And yeah. Stuff. And yeah, he go to jail for singing the wrong song in the wrong place or something. Well, yeah. one time. Paul Robeson was doing a concert in Long Beach and my parents had him to dinner with a bunch of other people. We had one of those sliding door things that brought the living room and dining room together and had two uh -huh. tables long like this and I got to shake his hand. They weren't friends, it's just, it was just a moment. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm sure my parents were there. <laughs> well, did music he happen that night? They used to come over to the house. When yeah. They also would, we gave concerts. And then he and his wife would come over for dinner afterwards. And that uh -huh. was really nice. Yeah. What Pete Seeger would do when he was coming through up here in Berkeley, 
is he'd go to my mother's house to take a nap because she wasn't so impressed with him. She could leave him alone. <laughs> Let him do what he needed to do. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> so did that night that um that Paul Robeson was at your house, did music get made in the house that night? No. Mm -hmm. It was just social. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was gonna do a concert. Like, yeah, oh gotcha, yeah. yeah. So we all, we all three of us, and my, my grandpa, Max, when it was a communist I mentioned, who, who lived with us for a while in his last days, um, he was a boxer when he was younger. But he um, uh, he ended up being a, some when, if Paul Robeson, when my grandpa lived back east, would be given a concert, like the Peekskill concert, he was he served he would serve as a bodyguard. Oh yeah. He would just be like a volunteer bodyguard. Wow. When P, when Paul Mr. Robeson needed a bodyguard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. So yeah. And then Lou went to a summer camp that he helped found upstate New York. Mochica. Hmm. And it was started by a bunch of reds. <laughs> yeah, there were all this didn't happen out in on the west coast where I grew yeah. up, but back east all these kids went to summer camp, you know, and Pete yeah. Seeger was the yeah. <laughs> music director and all that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. And Paul Robeson would come there and sing songs for yeah. us, and I would just be overwhelmed by by him. Mm -hmm. He was so powerful and so wonderful, and mm -hmm. his son was one of the campers. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I went to a, a couple of concerts that he gave, and he mm -hmm. was certainly a yeah. commanding presence. And he could sing Yiddish, he could sing in Russian, he could sing in Chinese. I mean, he mm -hmm. was um, amazingly uh, able to listen to a language a number of times and then be able to yeah. use it. And he was an athlete. I mean, he mm -hmm. did everything. Yeah. I don't know who this person is, so I feel like Wait, I'm who, what? Lot. Paul Robeson? Oh my goodness, okay. Know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know who it is. One of the greatest people that ever lived, as yeah. far as yeah. I'm concerned. Really? Okay, okay. Black singer. Uh -huh. I'll, I'll, I'll spend an evening with you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, Paul Robeson. He folk music, and actor. opera, actor, actor. Too. He played yeah. Othello. Oh, yeah. oh. He was, okay. He did everything. Yeah. Okay. All around. Okay, that sounds man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I played Othello in college. <laughs> you did? <laughs> Santa Rosa Junior yeah. College. What was the Irish band that burnt your mom's house down? I'm not sure it was the whether it was the Clancy Brothers or some touring Irish group. Not my my brain doesn't remember. I, the Clancy Brothers is what the sounds Clancy familiar Brothers to me. Clancy Brothers, I remember you talking yeah. about. Huh? What yeah. happened? But wait, burnt they, the house down? They After had a house burnt? next door, but they didn't have a garage, so they come over to my mother's house in Petaluma, and they were practicing our garage, and they were just these wonderful, happy guys who yeah. played. They weren't the least bit political, but they were really into the music. They worked so hard to get their songs 
what's right. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to listen to them. And beautiful songs. <laughs> One of my mother's stories is that uh, is about her father, mm-hmm. who had come to this country um, and was working in a sweatshop in New York mm-hmm. and hated it. And he wanted to go back to Budapest, but mm-hmm. he didn't have the money. So he would go down to the docks and wistfully watch the ships sailing off and wish mm-hmm. that he were on one. And a guy came up to him who spoke Yiddish and s- said, I see you look, yeah, I want to go home. And the guy said, well, you know, you don't have to have money. You can sign on as part of the crew of a ship. And when you get to Europe, you jump ship. And you can make your, once you get there, you can make yeah, your way back to yeah. Budapest. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather followed this man into an office and signed his name here and signed his name there. Mm. And yeah, he was oh. in the U.S. Navy for four years. Oh my God. And the guy was making money by... <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, what is story? Luckily he liked it, he re-enlisted. <laughs> but the thing is that he was put on a ship with a crew of New York Irish. Mm. No one spoke Yiddish. He had to learn English, and he learned it with an Irish accent. Uh, My dad uh, had, an, had an Italian accent. accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how funny. Mm. <laughs> so That's when my mother, wow. my mother wrote a song about leper, you know, about the little people and the gold yeah. and stuff, it's, uh, it's yeah. called... Anyway, that sounded Irish. <laughs> and I think Bill Spence picked it up and started mm-hmm. singing it. He was Irish and started singing it as an Irish song. Mm-hmm. He thought it was from Ireland. And she <laughs> saw him at a concert and went up and showed her, her book with that song in it, The Little Land, it's right. called. <laughs> and uh, they had a laugh over that. What wow. language was well, the original song, yeah. No, it was her song. Oh, it was her song. She wrote it. <laughs> but it had enough of the Irish feeling from her growing up with a man with an Irish accent <laughs> and being interested in the Irish folklore and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, she was interested in folklore. She, yeah. uh, she got her PhD at Cal writing a thesis about following a folk tale from, I think, ancient Egypt to medieval France or something oh, like that. Oh. So, oh. so I became a storyteller, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's yeah. right. So you well, probably knew Kevin Barry's song. Oh, I grew up on <laughs> Kevin Barry, absolutely, yeah. yes. Wait, I, I do know song. that name. Huh? I do know the name Kevin Barry. Early on a Sunday morning, high upon a gallows tree, Kevin Barry gave his young life for the cause of liberty. Only a lad of 18 summers, yet there's no one can deny. As he walked to death that morning, proudly held his head up high. Mm. 
picture. Do not hang me like a dog. For I fought for Ireland's freedom in that cold September fall. All around that little bakery where we fought them hand to hand. Shoot me like an Irish soldier for I fought to free Ireland. I grew up on. Wow, and you said that your frigidery was at full function, and it seems and like... Once I can remember the, the first line yeah. of the song, I'm okay. Yeah. I, I, like, try and remember the name of the little land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. But people are... A lot of things I know, I know from songs. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. From geography and, the, you mm. know, just stuff. I know... Because I know a song that talks about that. Yeah. 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 And not just political. I mean, just stuff. Right, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm -hmm. Would you like to play any other songs? Uh, you have your uh, your ukulele. Only if you'd like to. Well, I'm not going to play, but I did want to sing just what I learned. Yeah, absolutely. I want to make sure. Yeah. I'm, re I'm recording on cassette tape, so I just have to make sure that my cassette has enough uh, right. space on it. Yeah. Oh. All right, now would be a good time. We're about to hear Nancy sing a song that she wrote. And uh, I, I, it's been big chunks of audio tonight, and uh, that is because there's just so much I want to get through, and I've been, having, I've been having a really good time. There's been a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that we yeah. would regret not hearing. Yeah, you know, we're not even going to get to hear all of it. So that was the thing. It was like trying to trying to pick out. So we'll uh I'll I'll have like a I'm planning on publishing the video and um we'll have the full audio. So we're going to have we're going to have both a recording of tonight's show um with commentary everything. It's going to be put in the archives on the KXSF website. So you can look through that just by looking up the step back on our archive page. And uh, you, uh, you'll also be able to find it other ways. The best way to uh, just stay in the know about that is to either keep listening to the show, and uh, I'll uh, I'll let you know, or uh, follow the Step Back Instagram page, which is stepback.kxsf, and uh, we can all uh, stay in co contact that way. Uh, I got like 20 minutes of the show left. We're gonna keep going with the interview. We're gonna we're gonna hear some music. I was gonna play more songs tonight, but we've already we've we had so much music embedded in the interview. It's just like why why detract from that? Um, clearly a multi-talented woman. It's just, it's been yeah, it's been so fun just to just to like sit in, dwell in what I got to be a part of today. Yeah, Luke, would you say if you always want variety, always step into the step back? <gasps> oh, that was off the cuff, too, wasn't it? Okay, dang, I like that. If you always want variety, s step, step into in the, the step, step back. back. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Flavors. You bring the flavors, Luke. <laughs> DJ Luke brings the flavors. And what a compliment that is for a white guy, too. I do know some a few flavors. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and as always, it's good to have my friends in the studio. We got DJ Boots over here. Hey. And then uh, my friend DJ uh, 
Gwen of Wookcoff slash the Transatlantic Preservation Society is also in the studio. They're called that because they make jam, and they will potentially be able to be heard over in Oakland uh, at an event coming up soon that we'll let you know about. It's still in the works, but you'll hear about it. So uh, thanks for everybody for being here. It's been a really good, really good Monday over here at the Step Back. DJ Dynamat's going to take over at 8 p.m. or around about there. About that time with Radio V, and he's going to bring some good tunes. More than that, good tunes is a weird way to put what DJ Dynamat plays on his show. He has some good sounds, though. Good music. Yeah. There are sounds, yeah. There are sounds. There will continue to be sounds for everybody listening. Thank you so much, KXSF. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got a. Uh, so we're going to hear, uh, sadly, my. Um, so I was recording on a few different devices, and so we're going to hear most of the song, and then we're going to cut over to the cassette tape. I knew that I needed to have a cassette tape backup, and uh, the cassette tape backup came through, so we're going to test out the cassette player. Um, sorry, Gwen, I used most of the rest of our blank cassettes for recording for this project, but we'll find some more blank cassette tapes. Uh but for an important cause, because I needed a backup, and it came through. I needed it. So, cool. Regardless, there we go. Okay, I'm just going to take this out to get the note. All right. Actually, I'm going to do one more promo, because I need a vamp for a second while we find the right string for the song. And, uh... And that's just to say we've got Grateful Tuna coming up on 827 for uh, KXSF Live in studio. That's going to be a Sunday, 3 p.m., Grateful Tuna. That's the promo. Oh, no, I forgot. We, uh, we, examined, the, we examined the guitar for a while. Yeah, so, uh, so we got them in the studio. And then uh, on 910, we've got Dandelion. And uh, we're going to have a fundraiser coming up. I think it's the 14th at uh, Ireland 32. But I'll, we'll stay in contact about that for now. There we go. Always and always my mother would say, Share your tricycle, share all your toys With all of the girls and all of the boys but now when I'm grown and I say we should share, the FBI guys point a finger and stare. They tell everyone I'm a commie, but it's just what I learned from my mommy. So if you want to be a red diaper baby, just remember what your mommy said. We all can be red diaper babies. Cause everyone's a little red <laughs> When I got older and started in school Sufficient for everyone, that was the rule If you brought cupcakes or popsicle sticks You didn't bring one, you brought 26 But now when I say there's enough for all the boss tells the others I've got lots of gall and calls me some venomous creature. But it's just what I learned from my teacher. 
So if you want to be a red diaper baby, just remember what your teacher said. We all can be red diaper babies, cause everyone's a little red. My dad said to share whatever I got, and when we play ball on the corner lot, he said I should let all the little kids play, and he's right, it felt good when I did it that way. But now when I talk about have-not nations having their turn, I get accusations. They say I'm a red and red's bad, but it's just what, what I learned from my dad. If you want to be a red diaper, baby. I, I'm sad that we couldn't get the rest of the song in that. Uh, but I have more of the interview. I want to read one more uh, one more fundraising promo if uh, DJ Boots is available to uh, read a fundraising promo. And uh, as I load up the cassette tape, like I said, I'm... Uh, I'm so happy. Uh, I'm so happy we could make this happen today, and uh, we'll have a we'll have a fully edited uh, version for y'all to listen to. Um, that I'll get to y'all in the next week or so, maybe. We'll uh, stay in contact about it. Go ahead, boots. All right. An inferno recently swept West Maui, destroying the historic coastal town of Lahaina, Hawaii, forcing its residents to flee for their lives. One of the easiest ways you can make a difference for the displaced victims of this tragedy and to help Red Cross workers in Maui to, is to visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. That's redcross.org or 1-800-RED-CROSS. Or text the word Red Cross to 90999 to make a $10 donation. For every $1 donated, the Maui Food Bank can give four meals to those in need on the island yeah thank you thank you well we're gonna we're just gonna go ahead and close out the show with the the rest of this uh what we can fit in from uh from our talk today and uh we're gonna cut over to a to a story um back to some visitors the chicken farms of petaluma that uh are pretty famous for uh for their uh, communist activity up there, um, or infamous, depending on who you ask, and where a couple of our uh, interviewees today have uh, resided, or at least spent some time. Let's see if the cassette player works when I want it to. There we go. Um, we were talking about some of uh, Lou's house guests in Petaluma before, and he's had some other pretty cool guests before too he one of one of his stories is about when he was a child and his dad's friend Hootie Ledbetter would come into town and uh, wow. well you can tell that story Lou well, just oh, yeah. when when Hootie would come to town he would give a concert and then he had nowhere to go my dad would pick him up and bring him home and we'd have dinner with mm -hmm. him and and sometimes he'd sing a few songs, yeah. and I'd sit at his feet, and he said, and I remember he said, Lead Belly, would you? And he goes, that's not what 
Lomax gave me that name. And you can call me Mr. Red Devil. And I never called him anything else. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah, he, and he was... He, he was not a well person physically. Uh-huh. He had a real hard time being in jail a lot. And yeah. And, yeah, he go to jail for singing the wrong song in the wrong place or something. Well, yeah. one time... Paul Robeson was doing a concert in Long Beach and my parents had him to dinner with a bunch of other people. We had one of those sliding door things that brought the living room and dining room together and had two uh -huh. tables long like this and I got to shake his hand. They weren't friends, it's just, it's just a moment. Yeah, I, I'm sure my parents were there. <laughs> oh, did music happen that night? He used to come night? over to the house. When oh. He also did concerts. And then he and his wife would come over for dinner afterwards. And uh -huh. that was really nice. Yeah. What Pete Seeger would do when he was coming through up here in Berkeley is he'd go to my mother's house to take a nap because she wasn't so impressed with him. She <laughs> could leave him alone. <laughs> Let him do what he needed to do. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> did that night that um, that Paul Robeson was at your house, did music get made in the house that night? No, it was just social. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was going to do a concert. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. We all, we all three of us, and my, my grandpa, Max, when it was the communist I mentioned, who lived with us for a while in his last days, um, he was a boxer when he was younger. But he um, uh, he ended up being a, some, when, if Paul Robeson, when my grandpa lived back east, would be given a concert, like the Peekskill concert, he was he served he was served as a bodyguard. Oh yeah. He would just be like a volunteer bodyguard. Wow. When Pete, when Paul Mr. Robeson needed a bodyguard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. And then Lou went to a summer camp that he helped found upstate New York. Mochica. Mm -hmm. And it was started by a bunch of reds. <laughs> yeah, there were all. This didn't happen out in on the west coast where I grew yeah. up, but back east, all these kids went to summer camp, you know, and Pete yeah. Seeger was the <laughs> yeah. music director and all that stuff. Uh. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Paul Robeson would come there and sing songs for yeah. us, and I would just be overwhelmed by by him. Mm -hmm. He was so powerful and so wonderful. And mm -hmm. His son was one of the campers. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I went to a, a couple of concerts that he gave. Mm -hmm. Certainly yeah. a commanding presence. <laughs> and he could sing Yiddish, he could sing in Russian, he could sing in Chinese. I mean, uh, he mm -hmm. was um, amazingly uh, able to listen to a language a number of times and then be able to yeah. use it. 
and he was an athlete. I mean, mm -hmm. he did everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who this person is, so I feel like. Wait, I'm who? Know. What? Paul hmm? Robeson. Oh You're gonna okay. know. <laughs> I don't oh. know who it's one of the greatest people that ever lived, as yeah. far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Black singer. Uh -huh. I'll, I'll I'll spend an evening with you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Paul Robeson. And, and actor. Opera, actor, actor too. He played yeah. Othello. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. He did everything. Yeah. Okay. All around. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I played Othello in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Santa Rosa Junior yeah. College. What was the Irish band that burnt your mom's house down? I'm not sure. It was the whether it was the Clancy Brothers or some touring Irish group. Not my my brain doesn't remember. I, the Clancy Brothers is what the sounds Clancy familiar Brothers to me. I remember you talking yeah. about. Huh? What happened? Wait, burnt the house down. <laughs> they After had a house next door, but they didn't have a garage. So they come over to my mother's house in Petaluma, and they were practicing our garage. And they were just these wonderful, happy guys who yeah. played. They weren't the least bit political, but they were really into the music. They worked so hard to get their songs right, mm -hmm. and it was fun to listen to them. They have beautiful songs. <laughs> One of my mother's stories is that uh, is about her father, who had come to this country um, and was working in a sweatshop in New York and hated it. And he wanted to go back to Budapest, but he didn't have the money. So he would go down to the docks and wistfully watch the ships sailing off and wish that he were on one. And a guy came up to him who spoke Yiddish and s said, I see you looking. Yeah, I want to go home. And the guy said, well, you know, you don't have to have money. You can sign on as part of the crew of a ship. And when you get to Europe, you jump ship. And you can make your, once you get there, you can make your yeah, way back to yeah. Budapest. So my grandfather followed this man into an office and signed his name here and signed his name there. Mm. And yeah, he was yeah. in the U.S. Navy for four years. Oh my God. And the guy was making money by... <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. What is <laughs> Luckily he liked it. He re-enlisted. Okay. But the thing is <laughs> that he... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my friends. I totally skipped to the wrong part of the cassette tape, and it took me just this long to get to it. Um, we're getting to five minutes towards the end of the show, and so instead of trying to skip around, let me just say, I will. Uh, I will get a full. Uh, I will get a full version of the interview to your ears, um, and uh, we'll. Uh, We'll make sure it all gets included because we probably covered about like three quarters of it, if that. And uh, there's still a lot to go. I was hoping, I was hoping we would get to 1492. I actually, um, we have time. So we discussed in the interview 
this song that is is historically very important to uh, like Oakland Berkeley history. So during the uh, 500 year anniversary of uh, Columbus Day, uh, Nancy wrote this song 1492 to uh, to kind of see from the the native perspective and. Um, and this was like at that anniversary and has been edited since then um just to keep up with the times but uh but we we talked about it pretty pretty extensively in the interview so you're going to want to uh come back and I'll I'll make sure that the interview in in full is posted to the KXSF page uh and to the step back Instagram page like I said kxsf.fm keep an eye out there and then stepback.kxsf on Instagram and uh We'll stay in contact there too, but this is uh, this is fourteen Somebody was, someone was already there. Y'all, thank you. I am feeling full of gratitude today. I'm, I'm feeling full of the Hawaiian barbecue that I'm grateful for that my friend brought me. I'm feeling full of gratitude for my friends who introduced me to the music of Malvina Reynolds and then who, um, indirectly, you know, who, this is all, this is all like just people being together influencing each other and making kind of magic happen and when you're part of that it always it always feels really good and fulfilling so i'm gonna hold on to that for a while today was definitely today was definitely a really really good day for me a highlight for sure of my year my years my life maybe so yeah thanks for thanks for listening thanks for being here this has been the step back i'll come back with more music um, next week, and uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll see. There were a lot of names thrown out today in these stories that uh, maybe you know my friend Amy, my who um, my friend Amy. I was talking to Nancy Schimmel today, and then 
Lou Levinson, actor, director, and Amy Zen's producer and director. And uh, one thing that she brought up is, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of these people that still have all these stories. And if you think that Nancy's cool, you know, you should talk to this other person who's a friend of all of ours, you know? It's like, yeah, I should. Because, yeah, you know, like what Nancy said, you know, like a, any topical singer, you know, wants their songs to go out of style. And when those songs are not going out of style and they're just prevalent as they were 60 years ago and now, you know, maybe we should start doing something. So uh, today I would like to think that we did something. And uh, that's, you know, usually just starts with talking and more importantly, listening. So, uh, yeah. Let's spin the step back. I've been DJ Luke. This is KXSF LP, San Francisco. Dynamat is going to come on with Radio Voices soon, but he's not in the studio yet, which means I'm going to use Radio V Time to play some Navina Reynolds, and we'll just keep the ball rolling until he gets here. So we're going to do from her uh, her first release another um, another. I'm going to say the name wrong. Heard from it. Come on. Don't do me like this computer. Show all. She's got a discography. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Um, all right. Well, another county heard from is not coming up. So I am guess I'm going to play from Year to the Ground, which is still a great album. We heard It Isn't Nice earlier. I refuse to play Little Boxes because that's what everybody knows. But uh, maybe we'll listen to uh, Bury Me in My Overalls, which uh, I like a lot. Bury me in my overalls, don't use my gabardine. Bury me in my overalls, on in my beat-up jeans. Give my But this suit cost me two weeks' pay, so let it live another day and bury me in my overalls. The grave, it is a quiet place, there is no labor there, and I will rest more easy I boomed about from east to west 
sea. I've a copy of her pedigree. I picked out a name and my mom sent the cash. It wasn't much money for such a big splash. My sister, my sister, my sister's a well in the sea. Sisters are well in the sea, swimming so strong and so free. The money will help people learn about whales. They know which is who's by the cut of their tails. My sister, my sister, my sisters are well in the sea. So look on your family tree, is there room for a humpback or three? There's Mira and Merlin and Clover and Cloud, a sister or brother to make you feel proud. Your sister, your sister, your sister could very well be a 40-foot whale in the sea. All right, I'm still holding it down, and uh, this CD. I always play. I'm like, I'm like switching between modes today. I was doing computer into cassette. I uh, today was my first big interview, so um, I think I should do more of them so we can continue to clean up. Um, I feel bad about repeating that last part um, at the end of the interview, but we will, we will get the the final copy. And uh, we will have more. We'll have more conversations. It's more of a conversation than an interview. I've just been playing from. Uh, Nancy gave me a CD today. Sun, sunshine, songs for curious children, and uh, you can find these on Sister's Choice. Um, I'm not telling you. I'm not encouraging you to, but she does have a website, sisterschoice.com. Um, and uh, and like I said, I was really happy to happy to do that today over at Blue Fairyland. Um, and uh, I'm just gonna. Uh, these are various, various artists, so I'm staying within rules. But uh, but yeah. So until uh, until Dynamat rolls in, uh, we're just gonna keep trucking. Let it fall. 